Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Wiggins gets a wide open three in the left corner, and the Warriors are back up ten. On the Jazz with 317 left in the second. Steph Curry left side has Rudy on him. Same area where he spun him around many years ago. This time he just pulls back for three and hits. 14 for Steph Curry. Curry has Gobert on him. Razzle dazzle dribble, bullet pass, Wiggins left side, three ball game. We didn't execute the way that we need to, um, whether that be, you know, being shifted on the weak side to protect the rim, protect on rolls when we were, you know, we were trying to get the ball out of Steph's hands. But if we're going to do that, we got to protect the rim, and, and he can't get 9-3. So this, the, the, our execution was such that we, we didn't take enough things away, you know, and they obviously capitalized on that. But we've got to be more focused in, in what we want to do from an execution standpoint and um, make it happen out on the court. Jazz take an L in game one of their uh, road trip coming up here. Gordon, they lose to the Golden State Warriors 131-119. to and uh, I, I think uh, why don't why don't start off our conversation, Gordon? Because I thought there was a lot. I, I think there's yeah. a lot uh, that we can talk about with this game and overall. So where where do you want to start digging in? Well, let me let me start by saying there's two ways of looking what happened in that game. One is neither one is good news. One is worse than the other. The worst possible news that you could take out of a game like that is are the jazz good enough physically uh i think they are but that's still you wondered it as you're watching that game the other thing you could take out of it is what then what i'm sorry what uh quinn snyder was talking about right there sorry i got dennis Lindsay on the mind a little bit with the news that the nba came out with him and we'll get to that yeah we'll get to it yes we will but this lack of focus that is a poison that the Jazz cannot abide. They cannot, they can, they just can't let themselves fall into that trap. Because if they do, then, well, that's kind of what happened against Denver in the playoffs. You lose three straight to drop a series, that's going to get you booted right out of the postseason. And that's what this regular season has been good for, us looking for signs of what the Jazz are capable of or what they're not capable of. And as I'm watching that game, I'm thinking, what kind of defense are the Jazz putting up here? You know, what kind of well, – I mean, it just seemed like exactly what Quinn said, it, a lack of focus. They were not dialed in. And then that also affects what happens at the offensive end. And then next thing you know, your opponent shooting 56%, making a bunch of threes, and you're – scrambling around at the other end, you know, missing shots that you should make. And when you have some of your primary guys, for instance, uh, Bogdanovich uh, at a minus 24 in the plus minus and Donovan Mitchell a minus 26 and Derek Favors a minus 23, that that that's you're just not going to win games like that it can't happen so that's sort of a general look i'm sure jake that you have a whole list of specific things that you have studied uh, as a part of the the half halftime and uh, and post game show but i i just the jazz they they're not they're not good enough physically to play the way they did against the warriors they deserve to get beat and they did so 
uh, here's where I'm going to start. And and it's with my disappointment in you personally. Nothing uh, nothing too personal. Just just a little disappointed. That's all. What what's my fault about what the Jazz did? Yesterday? No no nothing's your fault per se. But we've gone through several months of talking about Jazz games and reacting to Jazz games. And in these games that the Jazz are are winning by twenty points, you still say, but the turnover still bugged me. Uh-huh. And in a game, <laughs> in a game, Gordon, where the turnovers lost the game for them, amongst the defensive problems you're talking about, we can dig into that because I think you're right. But oh my gosh, Gordon, they had 14 total turnovers. Twelve of them, twelve were live ball turnovers that led yeah. pretty much to dunks. Right. And Golden State had 19 fast break points. 19. So I the mean, fact that was... I've been complaining about these turnovers all year long and now when it's critical that with the Jazz made those mistakes, I don't bring that up. That's In how the I game where it legit cost them the game. <laughs> In the game where it legit cost them the game. You don't bring up turnovers. <sighs> Just disappointed, that's all. Well, the defense was, come on. It was terrible. No, you, yeah. were, you were right about that. I, I totally agree. And um, if there were a post game... Uh, listen to Rudy's comments. Go back and listen to the post game if you can, because because he handled it in in a professional, you know, team manner where he talked about how they need to improve focus and things like you were talking about. But if there were ever a game, Gordon, where Rudy wanted to come out and say, you know what, these guys around me, I got to pick it up at some point. Because <laughs> I can't be, I can't be, I can't be a one man defensive show <laughs> forever yeah. because I was the only guy out there playing hard, and, and I bet, you know, Rudy's comments I'm sure were genuine, and I bet there are things out there that Rudy could have done better because, you know, nobody's played the perfect game. But uh, the defense was so bad, and uh, it was not because of Rudy. I mean, there there is no way uh, that Andrew W. Wiggins, actually, I actually have no <laughs> idea what his middle name is, uh, but there is no way that that dude has any business going 12-16 in any basketball game ever played. Had 28 points. Andrew Wiggins. Who's yeah. a who's uh, is his middle name Christian? Yes, uh, Andrew C. Wiggins. There is he. Has, I mean, thirty-two from Steph. Okay, he does that all the time. You know, that's literally all the Warriors have is Steph Curry going for for over thirty points. But to have Andrew Wiggins put it to you, and Draymond yeah. Green triple double doing whatever he wanted to, orchestrating things out there. I, you know, Jazz have more talent than the Warriors do, and. Uh, they they just didn't that that bite wasn't there at all at all I mean just so, not good so a couple of further questions here as far as the turnovers go what, what do you think causes that I mean obviously other teams playing some defense and whatnot but what what is the Jazz's problem with turnovers well I don't think they necessarily have an overall problem with turnovers last night they were dreadful but look at the kind of turnover. I mean, if you want to throw the ball into the into the twentieth row, knock yourself out. At least the team's <laughs> taking the ball out of bounds the other way. But if you and here's what I think yesterday's particular problem is: you dribble too much, yeah, and get your pocket yeah. picked, and it's a dunk on the other side. That is a much different type of turnover. Yep. So if you have fourteen total, you know somebody might look at that box score and go, "Well, you know, fourteen. That's not bad." I mean, I guess they could be better, but that's not bad. But to have the turnovers that they did at the times that they did, 
That was the tough part. And Bogdanovich was 100% dribbling too much. I would even yep. throw Donovan in there. He was dribbling into yep. crowds and getting his pocket picked. And that was leading to automatic points on the other side. Do you think – okay, what is causing them to do that? Do you think there's there's a lack of confidence in the perimeter shot? Bogdanovich has not been shooting well. and One of seven from three in that game. Uh, do you think because of he, – he doesn't – have the confidence necessary to make those outside shots that he's trying to do something to get himself closer to the basket? So with, as far as Bogdanovich goes, I think last night was kind of an outlier from him. Um, not that he's been as good this year as he was last year. Uh, he, he hasn't yet, and I think the wrist has been a factor. But last night was, was his worst game of the year. I mean, he was just he was just not – I mean, that's that's not – that's not the player we've been watching for the last year and a half. Let me put it and that way. make he it just, matters he worse. Had a he's a really bad game. He's a liability at the other end. Right. So I mean, I don't, I I don't expect Bogdanovich to play that way consistently in the future. You know, I'm I'm willing to chalk that up to that was a real bad one. And you know what? He didn't finish the game as a result. So um, we'll see where he goes. I, I think he's still coming back from that injury a little bit and he needs to do it more consistently, but we've seen, you know, 30 plus point out, you know, games from Bogdanovich this year. He just needs to iron it out a little bit. And last night was, was just, it was just a really bad night for him. Do you have, uh, do you, so, so do you think this is, it was the game itself an outlier or do you think that there's some truth to what happened and it's uh, a problem area for the Jazz moving forward. Because if they play, if they play like this, Jake, there is no way they're going to hold on to the. They're going to sink in the West. Okay, but here's the thing: Do they remember how to play defense or not? Because if if with the question that you're asking like that, that's that's the bottom line answer for me. I mean, we can talk about over dribbling, and we can talk about how the the offense doesn't move like it has during the the win streak, and we can get into those conversations. But the truth is is do they have a top five defense or not? Because there have been plenty of teams in this league that have had a top 10, top five offense and done a whole lot of nothing because they can't get a stop on the other side. What made the Jazz unique in the first part of the year was they were top five in offense and defense. And last night they forgot how to play defense. So are you going to bet on them remembering or not? Because I think that's the answer <laughs> to your question. I really do. I, I, don't, I don't have the answer to that question. As optimistic as we've been, uh, at the promise of this team through through this season, uh, the first half of it anyway, uh, I I had been uh, seeing very good signs, positive signs, but when I see a game like that yesterday, it makes me wonder. It does. It makes me wonder whether what we're looking at here, and is, is it just hey, it's a long season, it's one game. It's no big deal, or is it a big deal? Is this something? Are teams figuring the Jazz out and putting pressure on them in ways that they uh, struggle with, or was it them just not playing good defense and dribbling too much? I, I Like I said, I think it boils down to the defense, and I, I see no reason why they can't get back to doing that just take some effort and some focus and we'll see if they don't i mean that's a real shame then that mean that means that defense during the run wasn't a reality but i i think it's about the the team around rudy i really do i think it's they've got to play hard and if they do then uh you know rudy has fewer messes and they're uh, to clean up and they're 
um, you know, what made them so good is being good on both sides of the ball. Because well, there's we a whole about lot of teams that are that way. What did we talk about before this season started? Uh, uh, one of the needs that we thought the Jazz uh, uh, were, uh, were, uh, could potentially suffer from was perimeter defense. Yep. And it, it, we thought, after what we saw earlier in the season, we thought, well, maybe that's been solved. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I think this road trip is really critical for the Jazz to get themselves righted. They played crappy against Houston, a Houston team that really – uh, probably couldn't have beaten. What's the name of the team? The Rio Grande Vi- Valley Vipers. Sure. Yeah, and the Jazz struggled with that. I mean, the, that that game got after a big lead got whittled down to ninety four ninety, and the Jazz pulled away from there. But they did not play well in that game. And and then you see a game like this, where the Jazz looked uh, looked uh, some. I don't, what's the right word? Uh, unfocused, uh, disinterested. What? what I mean, uh, what? What was that? Confused? Uh, sure. And Lazy? And, and, what? Uh, I don't think it's confused. I don't think they're confused. Unable they, to they stop just a team. For, forgot the game plan out there, and they, you know, they stopped this Warriors team a few weeks ago. I, 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 it, uh, you know, focus and effort. You, yeah. you willing to go out there and and lay it on the line on that side of the ball? I. I can see, and I don't know if this is happening, but I would could see why having Rudy back there would form some bad habits, right? You know, like okay, I got the big man behind me, so I'm all right uh-huh. if if uh-huh. my guy gets past me. It's mentality like that, and again, I'm not I'm not saying that's exactly what's going on here, but I could see that happening, and they just get a refocus and go out. And I I don't like this cliche, but it's kind of the one going around right now. Guard your yard. You got to do your job uh-huh. out there. Well, Jake, if I had five bucks for every time I've heard you say Rudy can't guard everyone, right? You know, it's it's, and for him to have a game like he did yesterday, he he did not deserve to lose. Just about everybody else did, you know. So this is something I'm sure Quinn is all over it, and uh, those those guys have got to get this put back together because, I mean, they lost three or four before the break. They did not look good against a, a depleted Houston team, and then they get kicked around on the road, and now they got to continue on four more road games. These are pretty important, and these are winnable games based on what we think the Jazz are. But I, I think it's a it's a real indictment of a team to say they're good enough to win, but they didn't. You know, I, I mean, I don't know whether there's anything worse you can say about a team. Because if a team's not, not good enough, then how are they supposed to beat teams that are better than they are? They can yeah, do but, it every once in a while, but that's, that's certainly not an expectation. But when a team is good enough to win and they play defense the way the Jazz did yesterday, then then <laughs> what, what are you supposed to do with that? I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, it's like I said. It's the worst thing you can say about a team. Hey, yeah, you but, didn't, but, but you didn't hold, focus. hold the phone. I mean, it's, it, I don't believe the Jazz need to get let off the hook here. But I mean, it's seventy-two regular season games, Gordon. Right. I know. I mean, I'm talking I, about you know, one. You, um, you would one say moment. that after every bad loss. You know, come on. Every team's going to have bad losses well, where you go, but you're better than the other team. What happened out there? I mean, but there's a trend. That's kind here of an now. unfair. That's kind of an unfair standard. What have the Jazz lost now? 
They've lost. What have they lost? Uh, four of six. What, what is that? I, I lost count. But you know, I mean, this is a team that set a standard earlier on, and now it's losing games. Right. I, four I of understand. Six, I got it. I, but it's a long. It's a long season, man. Yeah. Oh, okay. But what I remember having this conversation with you before the break, when we were talking about the Jazz. In Passy last season, they went through streaks where they'd win 10 straight, and then they'd lose five straight. And we said we didn't see that with this. In fact, there was only one time when the Jazz suffered back-to-back uh, losses before this this latest uh, trend. And and so we thought that they were past that. And I understand. Uh, the great Even the great teams lose games they shouldn't lose. I, I mean, it, it happens. I get that. And I'm not, sa- I'm not making these declarative statements. I'm just saying the alert is out. And the Jazz need to answer that call and get this get get this figured out, or else, uh, you know, that West is too tough for them to be unfocused the way they were yesterday, and they they'll sink. They could sink down to fourth, fifth, play, sixth play. I don't know where they could sink to if they don't focus. Yeah, they I, don't do they what said you it. said. Play defense. I got it. But they set an impossible standard in the first half of the year. You're right, we didn't see it, but they only lost seven games, and now we're seeing a little bit of it. So I agree with you in the sense of how do you respond. But I, I think I'm going to hold off on the, well, they're they're going to be out of the playoffs talk for a little right. bit. Well, they're not going to be out of the playoffs, but what are they going to – again, these are evidences of what they can do when the playoffs start. I don't think the Jazz are a team that's going to just be able to – uh, coast around during the regular season and then switch it on in the in the playoffs. Uh, I think teams like the Lakers maybe could do that, but the Jazz. What if the Jazz? Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I think that resonates with Jazz fans, and they want the Jazz to do well. They want them to do well, but they haven't seen them really accomplish anything in past postseasons. Not for a while now, and so when they see the team play beneath itself. That brings back those memories from, like, last year in the bubble and and what happened there. And so, obviously, they're not good enough to win every game they should. It's going to happen. But the question is there, how often will this happen? And can the Jazz curtail it? And uh, it's I think not going to be I think answered good enough. until May they're or good. June. So what are we supposed to yeah. do? Watch what happens between now and then for more. <laughs> I know, hints. and I, I guarantee we won't even remember this Golden State game. Come the end well, the it year. depends on what happens next. I mean, either way, if it goes south, we're not going to even remember this game, and if it goes uh, much better, we're not going to even remember the game. Okay, maybe, maybe my expectations are too high for this team. Maybe, maybe I was fooled early on. Maybe I shouldn't have those kinds of expectations. Maybe the team's not that good. Maybe they're not capable of it, or are they? And so now the expectation is that hey, look. You uh, you had the best record in the league. You're holding it for a long. Can you continue to hold it, or are you going to lose four of six, or is it going to get worse? Is it going to be five of seven? Is it going? What's it going to be? Uh, and I think it's fair for fans to think about those things. I don't think that's necessarily anybody jumping ship or 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 just you know overreacting to to one loss in March, but. You know, the, the antenna is out to see, okay, who are these guys? How good are they really? You, you have, you've asked every uh, expert we've had on our show about the Jazz sustaining what they started uh, in the first half. And so we're all watching to see.
We're excited, obviously, to go to the NCAA tournament and got our dancing shoes on. And I don't know much about Texas Tech, but I do know they're really well coached and they always play super hard and very, very disciplined. But we're excited. This has been a long, winding story to finally get a chance to play in the postseason. And I know our guys right now are so grateful. And I know our guys that missed out on it last year are also super grateful and cheering for us. And so we're just excited. Craig Smith, Mark Pope right there. March Madness is here, Gordon, and uh, we have two local teams, you and I, and uh, I'll admit, I, I talked to you into it, we're, we're a little optimistic about perhaps we'd see three teams into the big dance, but uh, we get two, which is, uh, which is absolutely great because uh, Utah State, a lot of people thought, oh, are they going to be on the bubble? They were not. They, they get in pretty comfortably. They've got a matchup with Texas Tech in the first round. And uh, then BYU gets in with a six seed, um, but gets the winner of the UCLA-Michigan State play-in game. So there's there's that. Well, if I'm looking at, at these these matchups or potential matchups, uh, Utah State going up against Texas Tech. I mean, Texas Tech plays slow motion basketball, doesn't it? I mean, they 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 d up, they they play tough d. And then they uh, they really slow the game down at the offensive ends. Uh, what are they average? I forget what they're averaging, but I think they're uh, they rank outside the top 250 teams in uh, in possessions per game. <laughs> so don't expect a rip roaring offensive show against uh, the Aggies. Could that play into Utah State's favor a little bit though? Because I mean they have Kata. And, yeah. you know, we'll get a little more familiar with Texas Tech as the week goes along. But, you know, when you've got a big like that, um, you know, who plays like he does, really, which is very unselfishly, and, and the offense kind of runs through him a lot of the time, uh, he's he's a real he's a really special player. And the NCAA tournament is about special guys, special players. So uh, we'll see how much of a shot Utah State has uh, in, in that one. I think it's an interesting matchup. I think it's certainly winnable for the Aggies. Uh, for an eleven-six uh, situation, sure, yeah, I, I would not. What are they five-point dogs? I think it is. Uh, but uh, Utah State, like you said, plays really good defense, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think the Aggies have a real chance in that game. And then BYU plays the winner of UCLA and Michigan State, and. You know, UCLA and Michigan State, this is not their best team, obviously, or they no. would not be an 11-seed play-in game. But still, I saw a lot of eye-rolling on Twitter uh, when it <laughs> when it was announced. Like, everybody was excited for a second, like, oh, okay, six-seed. Look at the respect for the Cougs. And then you look at the play-in <laughs> teams, and you're just like, oh, they get the Bruins or the Spartans. Hmm, great. Yeah, but people are judging those programs off the, the, the name. They are, Marquee, 100%. Not, not in how they've perform this year except for austin so. uh austin brought this up with me as we were talking before the show michigan state what is it austin they've beat two of the number one seeds this year you know after i mentioned that to you jake i think it's just michigan that they've beaten okay uh they've still, also beaten ohio state and obviously they're not a number one seed but they've beaten some really really good teams they still so they're, it's they're, feast or famine with that team well give me you always i've i've said this gordon a lot always beware the underachieving team Always beware of the team that's got the talent, but it's just not put it together for whatever reason. Because if they put it together against you that night, they can beat anybody, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think that uh, those teams are uh, 
If I'm if I'm a player for BYU, I would be I would be happy about that matchup because you have a team that either one, whoever wins the play-in, uh, you have a, a a big name that does not play is not playing this year consistency uh, consistently like their name implies, so they have a real opportunity to knock off one of those two teams. And, uh, you know, I don't know whether they'll be intimidated in any way. That'll be uh, Mark Pope's job to to get his team mentally ready. But this is a real opportunity for the Cougars to beat a big-time program. You know, I, I should have trusted myself, Jake. They beat Michigan once and lost to Michigan once. They also beat Illinois, who is also a number right. one seed. They right. lost to Ohio State. So that's where I was confused. Gotcha. So they have indeed beaten two of the top seeds in the tournament big physical and athletic the spartans always are and they are this year too and that's that's tough that's that's tough for a byu team to match up against i'd much rather have a smaller school i was physically dominant over Uh, and by the way if i were the cougars i'm certainly rooting for the bruins i'd way rather get ucla than michigan state because Mm, i think is in march I think UCLA or I think you, uh, Michigan State is a better team at this point. Okay. Well, that's a good answer, I guess. <laughs> Your Michigan, move, Gordon Munson. <laughs> Michigan State had a losing record in conference this year. And they're 15 and 12 overall. Does that sound like an intimidating team? Beat Illinois 81 to 72. Followed yeah, it up with did. a win over Ohio State 71 to 64. 67, yeah, excuse me. They lost to Northwestern. They lost to uh, Wisconsin. They lost to Minnesota. They lost to Purdue. They lost to Rutgers. They lost, uh, as you mentioned, to Ohio State. They lost to Iowa. They lost. Who else did they lose to? They lost to Iowa twice. They lost to Purdue twice. Um, They lost to Maryland. And as you mentioned, they lost to Michigan. So you'd rather, if you were the the Cougs, you'd rather see UCLA. Uh, I I don't think it really matters if uh, this is an opportunity for BYU to to get one of those wins that this used to happen in football quite a bit with the Cougars when they would have an opportunity to play a a marquee team in a, in a year that was semi down for that team, and they they made hay out of that, and this is an opportunity for them to do likewise in basketball. I, I don't know. Have you seen a line on this? I guess there is no line because we don't know who's going to win. So I I just think these teams are vulnerable. Yeah. We'll see. I'd rather see a small school, again, that I could be physically dominant over as opposed to teams that are big, strong. Yeah, but those athletic. small schools those small schools can reach up and, and, and drag you down, man. We've seen that happen a lot in the early rounds of the tournament. Okay, but, but you're, you're missing my – like – the fact that BYU is going to be overmatched physically, regardless of, of Michigan State's wins or losses in the overly physical Big Ten. That's like uh, I was talking to Tim about this the other night when uh, his BYU squads drew Texas A&M two years in a row. And they kind of like, oh, gee, the, the tournament's all about matchups. And regardless of what their record is, you go out against a team that's, you know, big, strong and fast. It's going to be difficult for for most BYU teams. And maybe this team would be different, but. That's what I'm saying. It's not about the smaller school by reputation. It's about how you match up against them physically. So do you think that Michigan State is more rugged than Gonzaga is? Gonzaga is not the comparison you want to make. 
uh, they don't apply, and that's why you're bringing it up. But what I'd rather see BYU or Norfolk but, but State. The reason, yeah. I bring, the reason I bring that up is because BYU is used to playing that team. Played them a couple times. And so, I mean, and, and Gonzaga is better than either one of these potential matchups. Correct. Well, I mean, I like it. I, I think it's, it's, it's a good opportunity for BYU. Now, if they go out and lose, then obviously, well, there went that chance. But that's up to them. Right. I hear what you're saying, though. I get, I get what you're saying, you know. But it seems like if if those guys are real competitors, they can see a team that that the, the the name of that team is in the lights, and they have an opportunity to do something against those teams because both of those teams are vulnerable this year. We'll have more for you straight ahead. It is the Big Show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty, the Zone.